Smarty Pants Lance, Smarty Pants Lance, Smarty Pants Lance. Hello, everybody. Today, let's talk about some of my early experiences as an actor, as a thespian. Hey, is a thespian one of them, uh, you know, ladies who like the other, uh, other ladies? Like, uh, Ellen DeGeneres or Roseanne Barr or uh, that singer uh, Kehlani? No, they're not thespians, though they are celebrities and in the public eye. You know who's not in the public eye? Unless you look really, really, really hard? Extras. Or as they call them today, background artists. I refuse to be an extra in my own movie. Agagagagagagagag. Oh man, who let Paul in in here? I was the center square. What about you? Moi? Well, I've been an extra or a background artist many times. So I thought I would tell you all a bit about what it's like to be an extra. I no longer do extra work. Thank you very much. I guess I should start out by telling you what do extras or background artists do. You too could pursue a career as an extra. How would you like to earn wages less than a pimply faced teen at a fast food restaurant? Have to bring your own wardrobe, which you have to hide yourself and lug across huge movie lots only to have the wardrobe people decide you should wear something else. How would you like to have absolutely no respect? And if there's any food, you get to eat it like a third-class citizen who has leprosy and has to eat far away from the crew and other actors. Try to take a leftover piece of cake that nobody else wants and you'll loudly hear you'll never work in this town again. And here's the kicker, you'll never get compensated for driving time, mileage, gasoline, wear and tear, or parking, no matter how far away you have to travel for that gig. Yes, you too could be an extra. The proceeding is really funny for people who actually worked as an extra. So look it, it's a pretty dang easy gig, and I'll tell you what, it's the only job in fact, acting itself is the only job where you need no certificates, no qualifications, pretty much no training. You just have to have some talent and find a way in. So for me, I started by finding my way in as an extra on the Paramount studio lot. Most of you non-actors who we call civilians have no idea that the big studios, for the most part, are not in Hollywood. Well, where are they? Paramount is the only big studio that's actually in Hollywood proper. All the other big studios are in Burbank. My call time for this bit o extra work at Paramount Studios was on a Sunday morning at 6 o'clock a.m. And you have to come, quote, camera ready because ain't spending no money on your puss. Don't get any wild ideas. It's merely a slang term for face. Has anyone ever, like, told you you have a face for radio? <laughs> yeah, real original, real funny. Now, for this commercial at Paramount, I'm supposed to be a businessman walking down the street on the New York set. Where they have the extras go is a staging area, which was in an old automat restaurant set. An automat was a coin-operated uh, cafeteria, which were very popular in New York until about the 1950s. I go in, I hang up my clothing bag next to the already looking tired makeup artist and wardrobe assistants. 
they're not exactly welcoming. Of course, I got there slightly before my call time at 6 a.m., not understanding the business at that time, which meant if your call time is 6 a.m., you may not actually be on set until 2 p.m. I couldn't help but notice the smell of bacon, eggs, and all kinds of delicious breakfast items because just outside the automat area where we were staged was craft services. And nothing's more important than craft services or crafties. These are the people that are bringing the food to the set. If you're union, you get to eat first. If you're non-union, like me, well, you may not get to eat at all. Please, Gov, can I have a ladle or a cup to scoop some water out the trough? A non-union extra dares to ask for a ladle or water from the horse trough? You go back to your staging area before I take a mind to horsewhip you. So it wasn't exactly 2 p.m., but it was more like 11 o'clock before things started to roll. Now here's the job. As explained by the AD, which stands for Assistant Director, and this was my first experience learning that virtually all ADs are ginormous pricks. He's standing there, all full of himself, wearing his Aussie slouch helmet, where it's looped up on one side, a bullhorn, which he brings up to his fat lips and starts yelling at all of us to get over onto the sidewalk. The idea was to create a busy New York street scene. Here is the job. You start at your one, which is stand here. And you walk down the sidewalk to your two, which is stop there. And for the next several hours, it was back to your ones, stand there, walk down the sidewalk to your two, and cut. And back to your ones, walk back down the street, and cut. And that's what happened. Now, the AD warned us. Now, none of you cross this street, right? You're going to stay on that side, on the sidewalk. You're going to keep to yourself. And you're only going to speak when spoken to by me. We straight on that? In other words, leaving the sidewalk to cross this street is like the line of death. This is the line of death. After about an hour of this, I'm at my one waiting for the director to yell background, and that's when we start moving. This tall, blonde-headed man comes over across the line of death, and he comes over to me and he says, you follow me. They don't say please, they don't say, and there is no courtesy. I follow him, and I walk across the street, the line of death, and he puts me right next to the hero. The hero is the star of the commercial. Now I'm going to walk down the street behind the hero, starting at my one and going down to my two. All of a sudden, I see the AD storming across over to me, and he's red-faced, and he's flailing his finger at my face. Didn't I tell you to stay on that side straight? And I said, well, that tall blonde gent over there asked me to follow him, placed me here, and told me to walk back and forth on the sidewalk behind the hero. And the AD turns around and says, Oh, right, that's the director. No apology, none. He just looks at me and says, You just be sure to mind your P's and Q's. <laughs> what a prick. As much of a prick as an AD can be, there are creatures on a commercial set or a movie set or a TV set that can be quite the pricks themselves. Male or female, most of them are female. And they're called PAs, or production assistants. These are these overweight 20-something ladies with super greasy hair stuffed up into a ball cap. And they have a walkie-talkie on their hippo haunches and usually a blue roll of gaffer's tape on their wrist. They always look as if they haven't slept for days 
and they're on their 12th cup of coffee, and it's not even noon yet. And they're going to bark orders too, except they don't have a bullhorn like the AD. As previously mentioned, some of them do carry a walkie-talkie, which makes them feel all-powerful. Ah, yes, young, extra, feel the power of the walkie-talkie. Here's a story about one of them. When I was working as an extra on the popular TV show, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Curb Your Enthusiasm? Most PAs don't have any enthusiasm to curb because years ago, they left it out on the street to die. The scene we were filming for Curb Your Enthusiasm was at the Millennium Biltmore, which is a fabulous Art Deco hotel built in 1923. And it was opulent. We interrupt this story to bring you the following fun fact. The Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, a.k.a. the Oscars, was born there during a lunch. We now return you to the episode. For this episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, called Artificial Fruit, good old Lair sets out on a mission to reset his reputation amid a sexual harassment complaint, oh dear. On the advice of his lawyer, Larry makes a sizable donation to an advocacy group for sexual assault survivors in order to hopefully change the mind of Alice, who has grown increasingly offended by her boss's lack of boundaries. Larry agrees to speak at the event for the survivors group, which is being hosted by transgender activist and actress Laverne Cox. When Cox meets the lair, she doesn't shake his hand because she fears she's getting a cold. For hypochondriac Lair, this gesture pleases him mightily. But later, when Cox introduces Lair to the stage during that charity event, amid a room filled with survivors, I was one of them as an extra, he pulls away from her when she goes to give him a hug. Larry's attempt to explain himself, she has a cold, he shouts to the crowd, are drowned out by booze and flying baskets of bread being thrown in his direction. I remember this. Oh, it was so much fun. There were all these dinner rolls in front of us. And what we were supposed to do is when Lair tries to explain she has a cold, we were supposed to throw these dinner rolls at Lair. And there was at least a hundred people throwing dinner rolls at him. I had been seated right next to the main cast in the front row of tables. So during one of the takes, I freaking line drive one of those dinner rolls right into his left shoulder. <laughs> But one of the greasy-haired, ball-capped, sportin' PAs comes over and tiss-tiss me and tells me just to lob the dinner roll. Of course, she and the other PAs have a great job of having to gather up all the dinner rolls and then put them back on all those tables to reset the scene. Eventually, there's a break after about an hour and a half, and this PA comes waddling over. She says, Does anybody here need a 10-1? That's a set lingo for uh, go pee, as in number one. Later on, I learned that if you say, I need to take a 10-1 with an upgrade, that means that Bean Burrito from Craft Services caused a rumble and a tumble in my tummy, and I was about to go off like a Soviet backfire bomber. So I say, yes, I would like to take a 10-1. So she looks at me, holds up the two fingers where you point to your eyes, then point to the other person's eyes like, on my eyes, pay attention, and she says, now pay attention. I'm only going to say this once. You go out through those two doors there, and then you follow the gray carpet all the way to the men's room, and you don't dawdle, and you come right back. 
And so I look at her and I actually said like this. I said, uh, yeah, uh, okay, I, wanna, I know you're busy and I want to make sure that I, uh, I do this right. So now, uh, I, uh, which of the two doors do I go out? It doesn't matter. The left or the right, it doesn't matter. Okay, okay, I got that, I got that. Now, I follow the cranberry carpet. Not the cranberry carpet. You follow the gray carpet. Is it, uh, is it gray or is it more like charcoal? I mean, it's like, it doesn't matter. It's gray. Now, you go all the way to the men's room and you come right back. All right, all right, so I don't dawdle. But I tell you what, what if I stop by the bar here and uh, pick up a hooker. No, no, you you have to come right back because of continuity. Now, continuity is I'm in the shot. And if I don't come back, there's an empty seat there uh, or they try to cover it up and people watching the show is going to go, hey, where'd that guy go? <laughs> no explanation. So it's important that I come back and, and t- take my seat. And I look at her and go, you know what? This uh, this lady next to me, she was a very heavy set black lady. And I say to the PA, you know, this lady here, she plays me better than I play myself. She can do it. She just becomes me. And no, no, you have to come back or you'll. And here's the famous words I've now heard several times. Or you'll never work in this town Again, some 20-something's going to tell me that. <laughs> in fact, I was told that in the morning, and a few hours later, I got a text message from somebody wanting me to be in their film. So, whatever. So, she looks at me all annoyed. Are you messing with me? She didn't use the word messing. Insert an F-bomb. And I look at her and I go, yeah, why are you talking to me such disrespect? you are going to learn to respect your elders, capiche? Oh, yes, I capiche. And as I got much older, I had to capiche more often. Oh, your stories remind me of those great days on the movie sets. Of course, I never worked as an extra, and I was always a, a union, a member of the Screen Actors Guild, so I didn't have to drink out of the horse trough. Well, let that be an incentive to you, and rock on.